Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Let's go to prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O Lord God, we just praise you and magnify thy name, O Lord. We thank you so much, O Lord God, for this day that you have made, for we shall rejoice and be also glad in it, O Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that Holy Spirit will once again minister to every single listener that is out there today. Speak to them in your own special way, O Lord God. Open their eyes that they may see, open their ears that they may hear, and open their hearts that they may understand your words here today, O Lord God. Heavenly Father, I give this time and this space entirely over to you, O Lord. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Praise God. Again, welcome to Genesis 1. Glad you could join us here. And let me just say before we start, hit pause and run and get your Bible, or a pencil, a pen, a highlighter, or a piece of paper maybe to make some notes on and mark up the scriptures as we come across them, okay? Because you'll be surprised to see that later on, you know, days, weeks, months, maybe years ahead, you know, you'll find occasion to refer back to the scriptures that we often cover uh, in these messages. Amen. So praise God. And let's just get ready to go to the word. Amen. Let me just start off by saying uh, how many of us have children out there, um, youngsters around us, uh, and you you ask them to do a certain thing and you give them instructions and directions. Uh, If you don't have children, maybe someone in your workplace or someone around you that you give directions to, and you basically you, you expect them to follow those directions. And you realize, and sometimes maybe even you'll explain to them that um, it'll be good for you if you do do exactly as I tell you, because sometimes things can can go wrong if you don't follow my exact uh, directions. Okay, well, so it is with us, you know, relative to uh, the things of God. When God gives us directions, he wants us to follow them exactly, not to deviate to the left or to the right or do things the way we think they should be done, but to do exactly what he tells us to do, no more or no less. And we see that evidenced so many times uh, in Scripture. And today we're going to start with looking at one of the scriptural giants, if you will, uh, spiritually, as I'm, I'm saying, of course, and we're talking about Moses here. And uh, as you know, uh, Israel had been freed from Egypt. They were wandering through the desert for all of those years. Moses was leading them through the desert for some 40 years. And um, then God told Moses something to do, gave him specific directions. And let's see what as a, was a result of that. So with that, why don't we go to Numbers Numbers 20, chapter 20, 20, verse 1. Numbers 20, verse 1. Praise the living God. <clears throat> Numbers 20, verse number 1. Praise God. And it starts off by saying, Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert of Zin in the first month. And the people abode in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. And there was no water for the congregation, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. They started complaining again. And the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord? And why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our cattle should die here? Here again, now they're complaining again. Why did you take us out of Egypt? All these others died. Gee, we should have just died with them. I mean, you know, what's what's the point and so on like that? Again, they're complaining, complaining. So many times we complain, too. When we start feeling that something is not going right in our lives, we run into a rough spot. We start complaining, forgetting about the fact that God set us free. Maybe God delivered us from a previous problem some months, weeks, years ago. We forget about that. And when things are rough at this particular time, right away we start complaining to God. Well, this is what Israel was doing here too. And wherefore, verse 5, wherefore have you made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place? It is no place of seed or figs or vines or pomegranates. Neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, you and Aaron and thy brother, and speak you unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth its water. And thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation and the beast to drink. Okay. In verse number eight there, the important word is the word speak. Okay. It says, go and speak you unto the rock before their eyes and give forth his water. And thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. 
so thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts to drink. Okay, he says, speak to the rock. Verse number nine says, and Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, hear now, you rebels, must we, underline the word we, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and with his rod, he smote the rock twice. He smote it. Now, what did God tell him to do? God told him to speak to the rock. God didn't say go and strike the rock. God said to speak to the rock. And he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly and the congregation drank and their beasts also. Okay. Now we see a couple of things there. Okay. He says there in verse number 10, hear you now rebels, must we fetch you water? Now he's got to, you know, he's forgotten there that God, <coughs> excuse me, that God is the one that gives things. It's not we. Okay, he's forgetting the fact that God is telling him to do this and that whatever happens after that, whatever miracle happens as a result of him doing what God is telling him to do, it's God that is doing it. But he says, we, why must we fetch you water? And then he says, he smote the rock twice. Now, verse 12 says, and the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron, because you believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. Okay. Now he's God is saying that he's upset with him. He's saying, because you believed me not to sanctify me, sanctify me, not you, but to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. Now, all along, God has been saying that I'm going to bring you into the promised land. But now, all of a sudden, Moses is deviating here from what God told him to do. And God is upset, and he's saying now that you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. This is the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with the Lord, and he was uh, sanctified in them. Okay, so you see there that, that God was upset with him because he didn't do what he wanted to do. Now, if we go down here to verse uh, 23... And verse, uh, let's see, let's do verse number 23. Get on to verse number 23. And we see here it says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron in Mount Hor by the coast of the land of Edom, saying, Aaron shall be gathered together, gathered unto his people, for he shall not enter the land which I have given unto the children of Israel because you rebelled against my word at the water of Meribah. Okay. He's saying that because you rebelled against my word, I told you to speak to the rock and you and Aaron, Moses, he spoke, he struck the rock. That is not what I told him to do. So he's saying because of the fact, because you rebelled against my word at the water of Arabah. All right. So we see it now because of that, that uh, 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 God is very upset with him. And so he's saying that, saying that, that you are not going to enter in. So now if we go to Deuteronomy, okay, go to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 34, Deuteronomy 34 and start with verse number one, we see there, and Moses went up from the plains of Moab unto the mountain of Nebo to the top of Pisgah that is over against Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead unto Dan and all Naphtali and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh and all the land of Judah unto the utmost sea and the south and the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees unto Zoar. And the Lord said unto him, this is the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac and Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over thither. Okay, but thou shalt not go over there. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab over against Beth But no man knoweth where his sepulchre is unto this day. All right. So here we see now that Moses, Moses died. Moses died. He did not get to see the promised land. Verse number seven says, and Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. 
And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him, and, and did as the Lord commanded Moses. Okay? So now we see this where Joshua comes into the picture and is anointed. The point that I want to make so far is the fact that God gave Moses specific instructions about that rock. He said to speak to it. Moses decided to do it his own way and strike the rock. And then he said, must we bring you water forth out of this rock? So here he was humping, leaping the glory of himself. He was upon himself instead of giving the glory to God. All right. If he had done exactly what God said he wanted, to, God wanted him to do. And he said, as the Lord has blessed us, et cetera, et cetera. But no, but this is like he got puffed up in himself and did it the way he wanted to do. We have to be very careful that we don't go, you know, doing what we want to do, therefore giving the credit to ourselves for whatever results, positive results we may get from it. Make sure the fact that we do what God is telling us to do. He tells you to, to go north and don't go south. You drive north. Even if it's out of your way, you drive north and don't go on the southern route. There's for a reason that God may be telling you to go north. So we need to make sure that we follow God's word, okay, and his instructions specifically. And we see that. So I just wanted to build the groundwork there to show you as someone who was, who was a man, a man of God, God greatly loved and everything. And all those 40 years, he took the people through the wilderness and everything as God directed him to do all of the signs and wonders and miracles that Moses did based on what God told him to do. And of course, with the power of God, all right, after all of that, still, Moses did not enter into the promised land because he disobeyed God. Okay, now, so we see Joshua was brought into the picture here. And so now we want to move forward here. Uh, you know, you know, I, and just let me just add that we, we are all Christians that are working towards, uh, towards spiritual maturity. And we're going to go next to the Battle of Jericho and look at how that compares to what we're doing in our lives here in the 21st century. But we are all working towards Christian maturity and Christian maturity for us believers, it starts with the day you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and it continues on and on and on and on until you're called to be home with the Lord, okay? It doesn't stop. There's no such thing as, as a Christian, you know, after 10 years or something, you know, you achieve a certain level, 15 years, you achieve a certain level. We do grow, but we do not reach spiritual maturity because it's an ongoing effort for us. It's an ongoing practice as we study the Word, as we pray, as we listen to the Holy Spirit, as we commune with God. It's an ongoing process from the time that we start. And so we have to make sure that as we're going through this process and we run into various trials and tribulations, because you will have trials and tribulations. Jesus said so. Jesus said so. We will have trials and tribulations, but we can overcome those trials and tribulations because God is there wanting us to be victorious. And all we have to do is follow what he wants us to do. So as we come to trials and tribulations, we must understand that God will always deliver you. God will always deliver you the same way he delivered Israel. Okay, remember that. Don't feel that whenever you're in a bad situation that God has deserted you because he hasn't deserted you, not by a long shot. In the same way as ancient Israel had many difficulties and tribulations, God had a promised land for them. God had a promised land for them and brought them into it. The same way, the same way we, as we go through our trials and tribulations, God has a, a, a promised land for us. God has a promised land for you. And that promised land can take many, many forms. It can be many promised lands over the course of your, of your life. One promised land could be when you're, you're praying so hard for a particular job or a position and you've been studying and, and this thing is always dragging out days, weeks, maybe months even for, for, the, for the company to make a final decision. When they finally arrive at that decision and the job is given to you, you reach that promised land. You reach that promised land. Okay. And during that time where you were waiting and going through some, some, some anxieties and some anguish, that was your desert experience, if you will. But if you keep on, keep on, keep on, you just keep on keeping on trusting in God and looking to him for guidance and deliverance, then you too will get through your, to your promised land. So like I say, we can have many promised lands over the course of our lives, depending on what it is that you're praying for, what it is that you're hoping for, what opposition you may be getting while you're waiting and you're going through that wilderness experience. But there's a promised land there. So the same way Israel was brought to a promised land, into their promised land, the same thing will happen to you. But we have to make sure that as we are going through those things, that we uh, stick to God's word, okay? And here we're going to look at the Battle of Jericho, which I'm sure you're all familiar with. But we also have Jerichos in our lives, too. So that's what I want to relate to you today, to see how the word of God and, and, and these ancient events, how it links directly to what we go through today. 
And we can realize that the word of God wasn't just written for a specific time in antiquity. It applies to us today. It applies to your life today. The Battle of Jericho now is very, very interesting because the battle was not fought by the world's standards of warfare. Okay, It was not fought by the world's standards of warfare, but it was fought by God's weapons, with God's weapons. And the same thing, again, applies to us in our lives. If you want to achieve a victory, it is not going to be won or achieved you know, by the world's standards. It's not going to be achieved by the way uh, uh, someone that is a non-believer or an unbeliever might go about achieving a particular victory. It's not going to be done that way. Any, any battles in your life are going to be won by the power of God with God's weapons. So let's start right out by going to, um, to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. And we're going to start with verse number 1. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in, okay? The city officials, if you will, they shut down Jericho, say nobody's going to come out, nobody's going to come in. They were, they were determined that Israel was not going to take the city. They were determined that they were not going to fall captive to Israel. So, okay, so they said, Jericho, nobody in, nobody out. Verse 2, and the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given thine, into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. Again, now here in your Bible, notice that God said to Joshua, see, I have given. God is speaking in the past tense, meaning that in God's mind, it's a done deal. He has given it to Joshua, okay? It's a done deal, okay? Unto thine hand, Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty man of valor. And you shall compass the city, all you men of war, and go round about the city once, Thus, thus shalt thou do for six days. Go around the city one time for six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark, seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day you shall pass the, the compass of the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. Now, we see a couple of things that are going on there. So you should do that for six days. But then he says seven. We know that God's perfect number, number of perfection is seven. Now, they had more than seven priests there in Israel, but God told told them to choose seven priests, and they shall bear the ark. The ark, the ark is representative of, of God, okay? It's representative of God. So that right there is telling Israel that I am going to be with you. I am going to be with you, okay? Before the ark, seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And it shall come to pass, now God is giving them a peek into the future here now. It says that, and it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horns, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people will shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Now, God is telling them what's going to happen. Now, most people would stand there. Maybe Joshua did too. The Bible doesn't say whether he did or not, but maybe he scratched his head a little bit and said, wait a minute, March have you seen Jericho? Have you seen the walls of that city? Right. Now, it is said that if you do some reading and some research, you'll see that the, uh, the walls of Jericho, because they found the foundations of it and so on, they say that it were very wide. They were wide enough for a chariot to ride around the tops of those walls as they were on patrol. So it was pretty wide, okay, the width of a chariot. This was not, you know, a, a little three-foot-six, uh, maybe even a six-foot wall. I mean, this wasn't a whole bunch of sheetrock <laughs> put up, you know, a bunch of stones. This was a large, it was a considerably sized wall. Some people would say, well, Jesus, Lord, you want me to take the, the, the priests and the Ark of the Covenant, seven trumpets, and around the city, and then you're telling me that wall is going to fall? It may seem like it's a pretty impossible thing. Okay? Now, us here, in this 21st century, right now, at this point in time, you have something that's going on in your life. It may seem like it's impossible. And maybe God is telling you to do something which seems totally unrelated. God, well, how is that going to impact the decision being made in my favor? How is that going to impact me being able to pay off my bills, my mortgage, my rent, my car note? How is that? How is that? How is that? When it is seemingly totally unrelated. Again, this was a huge wall. This was a large city. And God is telling them to simply march around it with the, the ark, the priest's horns, blowing the ram's horns and, and shouting. And how is that going to work? Again, again. If God gives us directions, we have to do specifically what he tells us to do, okay? Then it goes on to say in 6, And, uh, and Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said unto them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said unto the people, Pass on, 
encompass the city and let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass when Joshua had spoken unto the people and the seven uh, priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns passed on before the Lord and blew at the trumpets and the ark of the covenant and the Lord followed them. Okay, so at least Joshua was obedient. He didn't stand and argue with God. Lord, this doesn't make sense. At least he was obedient to do what God is telling him to do. Verse number nine, and the armed men went before the priests that blew with the trumpets and the, re the reward came after the ark, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets and Joshua had commanded the people saying, you shall not shout, keep your peace, be quiet. You shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice. Neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout, then shall you shout. Now here he was giving them specific directions what to do to hold your peace. Don't shout until I tell you to shout. Sometimes we need to hold out peace also. Okay. Sometimes, you know, it's the wrong time to say anything. You may be in a conversation with someone or maybe someone is giving you some opposition. There's opposing you in some manner and you feel like you're bubbling up where you want to say something. And God may be telling you, hold your voice, hold your peace. Don't say anything. Okay. All right. Just stand there and listen. You know, you've probably heard the old expression, you know, God gave us one mouth and two ears because he wants us to listen twice, twice as effectively as we speak. Okay, all right. So, so we need to make sure that we are doing some, 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 some uh, proactive listening, if you will, to make sure that we're listening and just waiting for God to give us directions and not opening our mouths until He tells us to mouth to uh, to say something. Sometimes our own words, our own words, if they're not godly driven words, sometimes our own words can get us into trouble. So He's telling them, keep your mouth shut and don't whisper, don't say anything. Okay, until I tell you to shout. Verse number eleven says, "So the ark of the Lord." compassed the city going about it once and they came into the camp and lodged in the camp and Joshua rose early in the morning and the priests took up the ark of the Lord and seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went out continually and blew at the trumpets and the armed men went before them but the reward came after the ark of the Lord the priests going on and blowing with the uh, trumpets and the second day they compassed the city once and returned into the camp. So they did for six days. Now they're following the orders exactly to the letter. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priests blew at the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, shout. Now he told him to shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And underline those words, have given, meaning that again, past tense. God has given you the city, the city. Now at that point in time, he said, now shout. And the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein to the Lord. Only Rahab, uh, the harlot shall live. She and all that were are with her in the house because she hid the messengers that we uh, went in the previous chapter there when they sent the spies and so forth. Rahab hid the, uh, hid the spies, hid the messengers to keep them from being captured and so on. So Rahab stepped up to the place. So and now they're saying here, here that, uh, um, you, you know, to, to, not to touch her, she shall live because she hid the messengers that we sent. And you, in any wise, whatever you do, in any wise, keep yourselves from the accursed thing unless you make yourselves accursed when you take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass uh, are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So he's telling them specifically, here, don't take anything from that city. Do not. Okay. It's the accursed thing. If you take anything, then what you're going to do, you're going to bring a curse onto all of Israel. Okay, so saying you as an individual, you do something that God is telling you not to do. This city says there in 17, the city shall be accursed, even it and all, all therein. Okay, so God is declaring that to be an accursed thing. So that means you don't touch it. If God tells you that something is off limits, you stay away from it. Don't go touching it. You can cause yourself harm, cause yourself grief, as well as those that are around you. Okay, as those that are around you, your family members, your children. Okay. All right. So remember that. Stay away from the accursed thing. And I'll get into that a little bit, a little bit more a little later. Okay. So it says then, then 19 again, but all the silver and gold and the vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted when the priests blew at the trumpets and it came to pass. When the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. The wall fell down flat. 
Now that defies all laws of physics as we can imagine. Okay, we cannot begin to explain that away. You can get into sonic waves and all that sort of thing. I mean, I, I don't know, but all I know, this was God that was behind this. And the power of God was within that shouting and their obedience to him. They followed along specifically what God had told them to do. And because of the fact, that moment, that moment of the shout, I believe, became so anointed and filled with power that that wall just collapsed. You know, some have read, maybe have read some things saying that there were angels up there that stomped the wall down, that trampled it down flat. I mean, I don't know, but all I know is for a fact, according to the word of God, what we can read, when God told them to shout, the wall fell, okay? Again, whatever is going on in your life, with, if God is telling you specifically to do something, and it seems to you unrelated, you make sure you go out of your way to do exactly specifically what God is telling you to do, no more and no less, okay? Now, this shout made this wall collapse. Verse 21 says, um, and they utterly fell on flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. 21, and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and ass and with the edge of the sword. But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath as you swore unto him, to her. And the young men that the spies went, uh, went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother uh, and her brethren, all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein, only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. Okay, so we will stop there for the time being. All right. So we see here now that the, the battle of Jericho, the conquest of Jericho was all done, not with worldly, worldly weapons. They didn't go up there with, with bows and arrows and chariots and so on like that. They went there doing exactly what God said to do. And that is what made that wall collapse, all right? And again, that's what we have to remember. As I said a couple of messages back there, God, God operates in the spirit realm, and he occasionally inter, inter, uh, interacts with the physical realm and tells us what to do in order to bring his power, his supernatural power, into the physical realm that is around us. This was such an instance. This was where God said, do what I'm telling you to do, and you're going to see my supernatural power at work to bring the walls of that city down, okay? And so they follow that to the T. He also told them, do not take of the accursed thing. So now we continue into uh, chapter 7 here. And it says, but the children of Israel, and here we go again, the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. What did God just told them to do? Don't touch it. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the, the son of Zara, and the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Here they go again, you see. Up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. You know, you know, they're blessed, they sin. They cry out and they scream and they complain and God has compassion on them and blesses them and returns them, you know, to, to some sense of normalcy. And again, they wind up sinning, giving them victory over top of victory and they wind up sinning again. Okay, so this guy Achan, he took of the accursed thing. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth Haven, on the east side of Bethel and spoken to them saying, go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed it. Okay, and after he, after this guy Achan took up the accursed thing, now Joshua is deciding now that he's going to go and take the city, city of Ai. So he has these men go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. Verse three, and they returned to Joshua and said unto him, let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai and make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but few. Now what's happening here? Because of Jericho, they're getting all puffed up now, and they're saying that you don't have to send a whole lot of people. They're but a few. We can take them. They got puffed up in, 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 in their victory. They forgot. It seems they forgot that God was the one that brought them through that victory. But now there says no mention here at this particular point in time that, that Joshua prayed to the Lord about going up against Ai. He went along with this. Yep, you don't need to send a whole lot of people. They are but a few. Verse number four says, so they went up, up thither of the people, about 3,000 men, and they fled before the men of Ai, okay? I went to attack Ai. Ai turned on them, and they wound up fleeing, okay? Ai would whip them. Ai, Ai whipped them. Israel fled from them, okay? They weren't so few or so weakly, weak as they thought they were. And the men of Ai smote of them about 30 and 6 men, for they chased them from before the gate, even unto Shebarim, and smote them in the going down. Wherefore, the hearts of the people melted and became as water. 
Now, Israel, after that defeat, now they're all, they're scared and they're all worried about, they're, they're frightened. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the, to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide, he and the elders of Israel, and put dust on their heads. When they rent their, their, their garments in those days, it was expressing such emotional distress. You know, they, they rent their clothes and so forth. They, 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 that was a way that they showed such distress for the way things turned out. Okay, so now they fell down, they put dust on their heads again. That's their means of uh, showing that they're all stressed out. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. Now, Joshua, in effect, is blaming God. Why did you bring us over here? Why did you bring us over here? Don't forget, Joshua decided that he was going to take Ai. God did not tell him to go and take Ai. Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns their backs from their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ us around or surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? And the Lord said unto Joshua, get thee up. Wherefore liest thou upon this, this thy face? Get up from the ground. Israel has sinned. Joshua's trying to blame God now, okay, but. God is setting him straight now. Israel has sinned, for they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, for they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen and dissembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. I don't think Joshua was aware of that. He didn't give it much thought. But God's telling him, Israel sinned. God knows what you're doing. God knows. And if God is telling you not to do something and you're doing it, your family members may not know, your coworkers may not know, people around you may not know, but God knows. If you've taken of the accursed thing, quote unquote, that is doing something that God told you not to do or touching something that you shouldn't be touching or going someplace that you shouldn't be going, getting yourself involved with someone or some events or some things where God told you not to be, not to be involved and whatnot. And, and then that in essence is the same thing as you touching of the accursed, accursed uh, thing. And you bringing that into your camp, bringing that among your stuff. See, God knows what's going on. So God is telling, telling uh, Joshua here, this is why, this is why. Therefore, children of Israel uh, and have also stolen, disassembled, and they have put it in among their stuff. Verse number 12. Therefore, because of that, therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they, because they were accursed. See? Man took, one man took up the accursed thing. Now Israel was cursed. That's why they could not defeat. That's why they could not win. You're wondering why you're not, you're not being victorious over something. You start searching back and search yourself. Search your actions. Remember, think back what you did or didn't do, where you were obedient uh, or disobedient to something and, and, uh, or either you didn't do something God wanted you to do or whatever. Okay, so you're stopping. Why am I not being victorious, Lord? You got to make sure that you don't have sin in your camp. Amen. Amen. So he says, because of that, but they turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore, except you destroy the accursed thing from among you. Okay. So God said, I'm not going to be with you until you get rid of that accursed thing out of your life. You want God to be with you. Make sure you don't have sin in your life. Make sure that you are not entertaining sin. Make sure you're not behaving in, in, a, in a sinly fashion. Okay. In a sinful fashion. Make sure of that. Because if you want to be victorious, that's the only way that's going to happen. Except you destroy the accursed thing from among you. Verse 13. Up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst stand before thine enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. All right. Again, here in the 21st century, we will not be able to stand until we get the accursed thing out. All right. The same thing is happening to us as a nation, not only this nation, but other nations and places in the world, too, where the accursed thing, quote unquote, is amongst us, where we've, we've gotten away from God. You know, we're, we're, we're acting in, in ungodly manners. We're, we are allowing ungodly behaviors to take place in our schools, even in our churches and so forth around us. And we're wondering why we are not being victorious, why we're not doing better. We're not going to do better until we get away that accursed thing or things. And those accursed thing or things can be in the form of bad policies that are against the word of God. 
and we are allowing it to take place. We, as the body of Christ, are not standing up and fighting against it. If we are, are allowing it, then God is not going to be there to make us victorious over those things when they come against us. We need to make sure that we are not entertaining anything that is against the will of God or against the word of God, which is, of course, God's will. Verse 14 says, In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought uh, according to your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes takes shall come according to the families thereof, and the family which the Lord shall take shall come by households, and the household which the Lord shall take shall uh, come man by man. So God's saying to get all the households man by man. And it shall be that, it shall be that he that is taken with the accursed thing shall be burnt with fire, he and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he has wrought folly in Israel. So in other words, because of this man and you discover him, he's going to be destroyed, because he is the one that brought all of this, these problems on Israel, on the, na- the uh, nation of Israel. So Joshua rose up early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought the family of Judah, he took the family of the Zarites, and he brought the family of the Zarites man by man, and Zabdi was taken. And he brought his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmel, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. And Joshua said to Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. And thus and thus I have done. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, that I coveted them and took them. And behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. So he said that I saw these things that were so appealing to my eyes. The devil will use things that seem appealing and look good to you also with a temptation to do what God did not tell you to do or told you not to do, over, over, overrides your lust for those particular earthly things or things that the devil may be holding in front of you. You've heard me talking about silver objects. The devil often dangles silver objects in front of you to get you to go away or deviate from God's plan. Okay, So he saw these things. He saw a Babylonish garment that was so attractive and all this gold and silver and everything that he coveted. And that means that he greatly, greatly wanted them. Do not, do not, do not be deceived and tempted and drawn away from what God wants you to do or does not want you to do by something which may appeal to your senses, your physical senses, to your eyes. Okay, Oh, if I do this, boy, I won't have any money problems anymore. I can pay off my mortgage, pay my rent, pay off my car note. I can do this. I can do that. I can pay that that large tuition to my my children's uh, Christian school. What it costs, you know, that tuition is so high. Whatever it is, and if that thing is so attempting to you, and yet still it's going to make you deviate from what God told you to do, then you're treading on very dangerous ground. Because of what Achan did, he thrust Israel into a point of being defeated by those men of Ai. Where they were point where that they were they were whipped, many were killed even. Okay, because of that, so Achan here now he finally confesses, and he said that he brought it and he, he brought the stuff into his tent there and buried it in the middle of his tent. This is sin in the camp. Make sure you have anything buried. Make sure you don't have any sin that you are trying to hide from God, because God knows. God knows. Make sure you confess, confess and repent right away, and get that sin out of your camp. Amen. So Joshua sent messengers, verse 22, and they ran into the tent and behold, it was hid in his tent and the silver under it. And they took him, took them out of the midst of the tent and brought them into Joshua and unto all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. And Joshua and all the children with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his asses and his sheep and his tent and all that he had. And they brought them unto the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall there shall trouble thee this day. Why have you tro- why have you brought grief to us? Why have you caused us these problems? The Lord shall trouble you this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. 
And they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger, wherefore the name of that place was called the Valley of Achor unto this day. All right. So because of them being disobedient, because of the action of one man, one man, all of Israel was affected and they wound up losing. They were defeated because of the sin of one man not following what God told them to do. We need to make sure, not only for the sake of us, but for the sake of our loved ones, our children, our families around us, whatever you may be, whomever you may be connected with, you have to be careful. You sin against God and you take of God. You take, you take what God has told you not to take or you do what God has told you not to do. You can not only bring grief upon yourself, but you can bring it upon you, your loved ones, and your family and so on. Okay? And then lastly here, we wind up in chapter 8. We see where Joshua went after Ai and did not consult God. Now, we're going to close down here in chapter 8. And the Lord said unto Joshua, 8 verse 1, said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee and arise. Go up to Ai. See, I have given into thy hand the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land. Now see there where underline again where it says, I have given. Okay, I have given unto thy hand the king of Ai and his people and the city and his land. Again, in God's mind, it's a past tense. It's done. This is he is done. And thou shalt do to Ai and her king as you did unto Jericho and her king. Only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall you take for a prey unto yourselves. Lay thee an ambush for the city behind it. Now, now God is giving Joshua direction, specific directions. Before Joshua went off on his own. We don't need a whole lot of people. They're about a few. We can do this. We can do that. They got defeated. Plus, they had sin in the camp. Now that they've gotten rid of the sin, they've exposed it. They've done away with it. Now God is saying, I'm going to show you how to take the city. I'm going to show you the way. So Joshua rose and all the people of war to go against Ai. Joshua chose out 30,000 men, mighty men of valor and sent them away by night. And he commanded them saying, behold, you shall lie in wait against the city, even behind the city. Go not very far from the city, but be ready. And I and all the people that are with me will approach unto the city. And it shall come to pass when they come out against us as at the first, then we will flee before them. So he's telling them, go hide behind the city. We're going to approach from the front when they see us, that they are, they're going to wind up chasing them and that they're going to run away. We will flee before them for they will come out after us till we have drawn them from the city. For they will say they flee before us as at the first. Therefore, we will flee before them. OK, you hide behind. We're going to come from the front when they see us. They're going to chase us and we're going to run. Then you shall rise up from the ambush and seize upon the city for the Lord your God will deliver it into your hand. And it shall be when you have taken the city that you shall set the city on fire according to the commandment of the Lord shall you do. See, I have commanded you. Joshua therefore sent them forth and they went to lie in ambush and abode between Bethel and Ai on the west side of Ai. But Joshua lodged that night among the people. And Joshua rose up early in the morning and numbered the people and went up and he and the elders of Israel before the people of Ai. And all the people, even the people of war that were with him, went up and drew nigh and came before the city and pitched on the north side of Ai. Now there was a valley between them and Ai. And he took about 5,000 men and set them to lie in ambush between Bethel and Ai on the west side of the city. And when he had set the people, even all the host that was on the north of the city and their liars in wait on the west of the city, Joshua went that night into the midst of the valley. And it came to pass when the king of Ai saw it, that they hasted and rose up early and the men of the city went out against Israel to battle. He and all his people at a time appointed before the plain. But he did not know that there were liars in wait in ambush against him behind the city. Okay, okay the plan is working out. The king of Ai saw them and he's motivating his forces here to go after them in that direction. And Joshua and all Israel made as if they were beaten before them and fled before the way of the wilderness. And all the people that were in Ai were called together to pursue after them. And they pursued after Joshua and were drawn away from the city. What a brilliant plan. He saw Israel there. He figured he had them on the run. All of the people of Ai came out. All of the soldiers of Ai left the city and went chasing after, after the uh, Joshua and them who were in the front. Verse 17. And there was not a man left in Ai or Bethel that went out after Israel. 
and they left the city open. See, what a brilliant plan. This is God giving a strategy here. And left the city open and pursued after Israel. And the Lord said unto Joshua, stretch forth thy, thy spear that is in thy hand toward Ai, for I will give it into thy hand. And Joshua stretched out the spear in obedience. Joshua stretched out the spear that he had in his hand toward the city. He didn't say, God, how, why should I stretch out my spear? That doesn't make sense. He just simply did it. All right. And he had in his hand toward the city. And the ambush arose quickly out of their place. And they ran as soon as he had stretched out his hand. And they entered into the city and took it and hastened and set the city on fire. And when the men of Ai looked behind them, they saw and behold, the smoke of the city ascended up to heaven. And they had no power to flee this way or that way. And the people that fled to the wilderness turned back upon their pursuers. And when Joshua and all Israel saw that the ambush had taken the city and that the smoke of the city ascended, of the city ascended, then they turned again and slew the men of Ai. And the other issued out of the city against them. So they were in the midst of Israel, some on this side and some on that side, and they smoked them. So now they were surrounded by Israel and Israel just destroyed them. So they let none of them remain or escape. And the king of Ai, they took alive and brought him to Joshua. Came to pass when Israel had made an end of slaying all the inhabitants of Ai in the field, in the wilderness there, there and they chased them. And when they are all fallen to the edge of the sword until they were consumed, all the Israelites re returned unto Ai and smote it with the edge of the sword. And so it was that all that fell that day, both of men and women, were 12,000, even all the men of Ai. For Joshua drew not back his hand wherewith he stretched out the spear until they had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. Okay. So you see, it was victory. It was victory. And what a brilliant strategy that was. Now, the point that I want to make here, the sequence of events here was that Israel following God at Jericho, following God to the letter, they were victorious. They took that city, the wall just collapsed under, you know, supernaturally, miraculously, all right? Israel then got puffed up, puffed up, and in going to Ai, they did not consult God. When we have a victory, we have to make sure that if there's another initiative or something else that you're planning to do, don't be so puffed up in self that you think you can just overcome it and succeed without consulting God, okay? We cannot go through life like this. We have to remember, if God brought us through and made us victorious over some other area of our life in the past or maybe very recently, through supernatural means, he made you victorious. Now there's something else that you want to do. Don't forget to conquer God. Don't forget to, to contact God. Don't forget and get so puffed up in yourself you think that whatever plans I have, I can overcome this thing. Because like Israel, you most likely will wind up failing. So then Israel, then they realized what had happened. Joshua did, and he said, oh, gee whiz, Lord, why, 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 why? And the Lord said, well, you failed because you got sent in the camp. One of you didn't follow my specific direction, directions. We need to make sure that we are following God's directions and not entertaining the things that God told us not to touch, not to do, not to say, okay? Because if we do, then God won't be there to bring us through to victory. So then we realize we made a mistake and then we run to the Lord and we say, Lord, forgive me, forgive me. I did this wrong. I took up the accursed thing. I'm sorry, Lord. I've sinned, I've tripped and I've stumbled. Then you repent of that. Then you say, Lord, what shall I do to move forward? And then God will wind up giving you specific directions. Now, again, you follow God's directions. God will give you a strategy that will just make you make, make your mind swim. I don't know what's going on in your life specifically, but if it's something that really, really needs to be dealt with, God will give you a strategy which will not make sense to you, perhaps, but it'll be, it'll be a sound strategy, and God will bring you through. God told Joshua and Israel to do this, to build this plan of you approaching from the front, hide at an ambush, and approaching from the front. When they leave the city to chase you, then ambush rise up and take it over, and you turn around on them and run back, in, run back towards the city, and they'll be trapped. They'll be trapped because Israel will be will have taken AI behind them and then you'll be in front of them and then they'll be caught in the middle and just totally destroy them. God will give you a strategy that will be totally mind-blowing. You can't do it yourself as simple as that. All right. So we need to learn from this lesson, learn from the lesson of Israel and Joshua here, how they were successful, got puffed up in pride and decided to do it their own way, failed, had sin in the camp, and then finally went to the Lord 
for help. Amen. Amen. Battle of Jericho, Battle of Ai. Remember those two very important events and the things that happened during them because it has impact on your life. Many of us are looking for things to happen. You know, the years, weeks, months, Jesus continues to tarry. Uh, there are many, many things that are coming down the pike. And we need to make sure that we're reaching out to God at all steps of the way. Okay. And do not get caught up in self. When God blesses you, remember to give God the glory. Give it all to him. Okay. Because he is the one that has brought you through and will continue to bring you through as long as you look towards him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hope the message again was a blessing to you. And if it was, please uh, give the link to others uh, that you know. We can be reached at www.genesis1.sermon.net www.genesis1.sermon.net Look at the top of the page there. You'll see a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button and you'll be notified automatically when these messages are available. Uh, We're on YouTube, Genesis 1 Christian Ministries, Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. And uh, we have our free apps, of course, for Android and Apple devices that uh, can be downloaded free of charge from their respective uh, play stores. Okay, Everything is free of charge. The, uh, the, uh, these messages, video uh, or the audio-only portion is available to download also free of charge on the website and also through our apps. You can download them to play them back later on, you know, to save them or whatever you want to do or to pass the message on to others and so forth. All right? But again, it's all for your convenience so that uh, you can hear the word of God and pass it on as Holy Spirit so guides. Amen, amen. Well, praise God again. I hope it was a blessing to you. And uh, now let us close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God. And we pray that as we go through the rest of the day and the week ahead of us, O Lord God, that we shall remember these words, O Lord God. We shall remember Jericho and Ai and put put the concepts as, as outlined in those scriptures to work in our lives, O Lord God. Let us always, O Lord, be mindful of your specific instructions and, and give us the willpower and to, to always follow you directly and, 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 and precisely into what you tell us to do. Lord, you are an awesome God, and we just praise you and just magnify thy most wondrous name. We praise you for what you've given us today, Lord, and we praise you, Lord God, for the things that are yet to come. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. In your